The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street and now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a terrific Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We are live from the Star in Frisco and the SWBC studios here inside the world headquarters of the Dallas Cowboys. We've got Isaiah Stanback, John Machoda, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans with Chris Beam in the back, chilling as always, doing his thing. How we doing, gentlemen? I'm good. How are y'all doing? What's with the Seahawks garb? Where am I from, Kyle? I mean, the Sonics garb. Where am I from, Kyle? See, I, you, you can already see where I'm leading with Harley this. home, but always repping. Mm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You rep UNT? Just I do. Okay. But you the rep, Cowboys you rep, you rep, don't ever play North Texas. You, you rep the uh, the Cowboys don't play the Seattle Supersonics. But they play Seattle. They do. I'm not wearing a Seahawks jersey. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you rep the Mavs. Not yet. Yeah, the Cowboys and the Mavs are that's your good home, That's partners. your hometown team, yeah, right? good partners. Yeah, it's my hometown team. It is your hometown team. Mm. That doesn't exist anymore. Do you have any Seahawks jerseys? The ones I played. Yeah, I was about to say, he's <laughs> got his it. own. That's all. You know, like a Sean Alexander. Nah. Matt Hasselbeck. <laughs> nah. Sean we'll Alexander. We'll take the ball and we're going to win the game. Nah. If I'm going to mm-hmm. wear a football jersey, it has to be like a throwback throwback. Okay. It has to be like a legend. Yeah. I like, like, I like Sean, Sean Alexander is a beast to me. But like it has to be from Seattle. Yeah. Who would it Probably be? Sean Alexander. Yeah. I mean, I like Sean. Sean's dope. Um Russell Wilson? No. The Boz? No. No, I'm the not wearing Boz. the Boz. <laughs> It'll be a Cortez Kennedy. Earl Cortez Thomas. Kennedy. Uh, Michael, Lynch. Michael, Michael St. Clair. Michael St. Clair was You've my always guy. been a big Lynch guy. You, you were a big beast, yeah. beast mode dude. Yeah, I'm not wearing Marshawn's jersey. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, probably not. Are you yeah. a believer of the, the thing where you shouldn't wear a jersey of the guy of somebody that's younger than you? Have you ever heard I don't of that? For, I don't see myself doing that. Like yeah. I said, I'm a I'm a throwback guy. If I'm if I'm going to wear a jersey, it's going to be a throw. Now I I'm will wear. Same way. I'll wear my clients' jersey. It's sure, not, like it's clients that if I've trained. If you know them personally, that's yeah, different. That's different, right? Clients that I've trained and they they've given me jerseys or whatever might be the case. I'll rock that. But in terms of going out and purchasing a jersey, yeah, I'm, it has to be somebody that's legendary. So for like me, like this Sean Kemp, like I'll, I'll rock Sean Kemp all day. Yeah, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton. You know, yeah. those, those type I of could, guys. I could see this. Answer your question. I'll answer it for him. <laughs> I could totally see this dude in Vegas Friday night wearing a Michael Penix jersey. And he's Michael Penix. I'm is definitely not young. wearing Michael Penix. <laughs> he's, he's certainly younger than him. I could see him do Will that. Will I be see, there? He knows, he knows Michael Penix, though. So that that's okay. I'm not wearing that. Not no. going to wear one? No, no. I'll, wear, it'll be, so I'll be wearing some UW gear. Like Steve Edmund. Would you buy your son a Michael Penix jersey? Would he rock that? No, I bought him a hoodie. Oh, he's got a hoodie. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna be like fifty degrees down. That's gonna be so fun for you guys because you're get it's you and the sun. That's it. Going that going that direction. That's it. Man, nice. this would be fun. That'll be fun. It's gonna be a good yeah. trip. Good luck. Not, not even twenty four hours to your dogs. Right. I was gonna say yeah. In and out. <laughs> Seattle and then Washington That's in it. Vegas. How do you feel about that? About what the about game? The game. Yeah. I feel good about it. 
Yeah, I do. I think it's gonna be a heck of a game. Well, Nick is a big Bo Nix guy, so yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's not no, true. No, I think it's <laughs> I think it's gonna be one heck of a game. I truly do. I think both of these te- both of those teams are really good. Oregon University, Washington, and you know we'll see what happens, man. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun. You no, know, we're in the top four. We can't we can't fall out now. I just I don't know how you could show up to the Cowboys facility wearing not only a Seattle team's gear. But also the gear that's colored the same as the Oregon Ducks. You've got yellow and green mm. on Whoa. this week. Just, I mean, that, I feel like it's a double Whoa. blow. So I wear a Seattle Whoa. hat every day. Whoa. Just so you, do, you do actually <laughs> wear, wear Seattle, Seattle hat every day. I wear day. Seattle gear every single day. You don't day wear green and, green and yellow every I've day. I'm saving this one, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you look in the monitor, it only looks like you're wearing Ducks gear, be honest with you. I don't see anything. Oh, oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, there there you go. go. There's the Sonic. posture. Okay. Let's sit up here the rest of the <laughs> show. <laughs> huh? lost a bet. Hey, guys. You know what? That's what Todd Williams asked. No, it was Todd. No, no, it was Cable. It was Cable. Cable asked me this morning. He said, did you lose a bet? I said, no, Cable. I was born there. <laughs> Did you lose a bet? I was born and raised in Seattle. Do you, Y'all remember, know you might not remember this, but back our first year on this show, 2020, and you and I made a bet, and I had to wear your jersey. I remember that. And you I got in trouble. got in so much trouble. <laughs> you and I got that's called the time, to the principal's that's office. That's the only time the Seattle jersey has ever came in the doors of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. When Kyle Seattle, lost a bet. Seattle stand back jersey. Yep. And I lost the bet because I thought the Cowboys would beat the Seahawks that year, and they didn't. And I had to wear it for a show, and I, I, did, I got the yeah, that was, yeah we got, uh, we got, got slapped on the wrist <laughs> yeah. with a ruler. Yeah, that one didn't work out no, well. That wouldn't happen again. Uh, does anybody know what college uh, Shaq Leonard went to? South Carolina State. Bang. Yes, sir. There you go. Give so me an update, Nick. What's going on? Everybody wants I to know. It's so good to have you back. Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, so uh, Jerry Jones spoke this morning on the fan about uh, the visit with Shaq Leonard today. Um, so he is in the building right now. Uh, that's why I was late. You know, I was just gathering sure. intel yeah, on Shaq Leonard. That's exactly what it was. Um, he said they're uh, checking some health things right now with the health team and see where he's at, not only for the rest of the year, but, you know, the foreseeable future. He said that's what we're doing right now as we're speaking, as of 30 minutes ago, and then I'll have lunch with him while he's here so um it looks like there's a bit of an itinerary for leonard today uh diana rossini um reported last night that if a deal does not get reached with dallas today that he'll be headed off to philadelphia later this week uh to meet with them so um with that in the back of everyone's mind you almost want to look for as much silver lining as possible on the on the visit today, especially when it comes to the health things. I know he's coming off of two back surgeries from last year, and that, that obviously worries somebody, especially whenever you look at the reason why there's a, a hole in the linebacker core right now with Leighton Van Der Esch and the, uh, the stacked neck injuries that he's had yeah. and, and wanting to be able to uh, stay confident and stay true to that. So, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's, it's not something that I had on my bingo card if you had asked me two weeks ago as far as uh, Darius Leonard goes, but he's on campus today, and We'll see where it goes from here. I have questions. Question number one: Why did they release him? There's a number money. of things. Okay. I think. I think personally, it's money. Uh, I, I think when it comes to his health situation last year, what he was able to produce on the field last year, what they're trying to do in Indianapolis right now, it doesn't make sense to pay him what they were paying him. Okay. And see, how do we put this? Uh, some organizations are run differently than others. Oh, got you. <laughs> And, Some GMs uh, are on Twitter more than others. <laughs> I'm, it's hard for me not to think of how everything went down before the scene started with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Yep. I mean, to factor that all in yeah. and then see some other things that oh, are yeah, that tweeted should. out, which I enjoy from the tweeting perspective, uh, <laughs> but I don't uh, know if that's exactly what you want yeah. uh, running the team situation. So um, 
I understand where you're coming from because I certainly think of that whenever a player is let go, but I have preconceived thoughts really about every single organization in my head. Yeah. And when certain one certain ones let players go, you're just like, no, 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 kick the tires on that guy. Take, no. And then the, there's other organizations that I'm going, you're like, yeah, yeah, he's probably good. You probably don't you probably don't need to do yeah, anything. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. I mean, I know that there was a lot of issues well ownership in general yeah. over there in the Colts. A lot of players don't want to necessarily be yeah. in Indianapolis for a number of reasons regarding the ownership and management. Um, so I but I do know that, you know, obviously coming off those two back surgeries, that's something that is apparent. I would imagine he spends half his visit getting MRIs today, if I was to guess if I, if I was a betting man but then so I don't have issues with those things right you think about like Marcus Peters right like obviously you uh he just got released and I think about that and I'm like okay well he's had a issue with his character pretty much pretty much his entire career so when you when you see him get released you automatically go to okay what's the issues right especially with with uh with Pierce you know now the coach and things like that it's like what the heck's going on like why are you now getting released by a player uh, it doesn't make sense. So that I have questions, but in this I have questions in regards to just his health. So obviously yeah. they'll take care of that. Um, but then I ask, look at it from the perspective of if he doesn't get a deal with Dallas today, then he's off to Philly. How does he go about choosing which team he goes to first? And pretty much if he's ready to put it out there saying, hey, I want to go to Dallas first. And if Dallas doesn't work, then I'll pretty much sign with Philly. That's what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. How does he go about making that decision? So does it is Dallas his preferred choice over Philly or like how does that you know what I mean like I think there's a lot of assumptions in there it, it could be just a situation where Dallas reached out first to the agent like if, if I was going through this process personally it's whoever reached out to me first whoever mm. showed me the most love and it, it kind of goes back to like recruiting even you know it's Absolutely. like okay they're showing me the most love let me go there first and give them the first opportunity yeah. that's a good place mm-hmm. they need a starting linebacker let's go there and figure that one out and if it doesn't work then let's go to this other contender who's also really mm-hmm. good and could use a starting linebacker so I think it's it's kind of goes well as well well, and I think the, there's a couple different elements there, too, is the fact that there was a bit – you talked about off the field or, excuse me, health-wise, that was one of your concerns. There was a little bit of a concern in Indianapolis with a bit of a de- degradation of their relationship mm-hmm. because they would take him off the field in passing downs. He was mostly a run stopper. That was what he was built in to do, which here Dallas could certainly use a run stopper. They've done a good job this year of defending the run much better than they have the last two or three years – However, it, they're still not perfect in that category, and they could be better in that category. He would see playing time here where he didn't see in Indianapolis and where he might not see in Philadelphia. So maybe it's the best fit for him, plus it makes him, uh, at least from a competitive standpoint, able to make a run. That's what he's also looking at. He's not going to go to a team like Indianapolis that's not competing and not in a uh, hunt for a title. He's, he wants to go Absolutely, try and yeah. win a ring. Let me ask you this question. Between those two players that I just brought up, if you were to sign one of them, right? You're talking about Leonard and Peters? Peters Leonard and okay. Peters, right? Would you sign the guy who has a – you have questions about his health because of the back surgeries, or would you sign a guy who has questions about his character? I would well, sign – is he healthy? Like, do yeah. I, when I do the checks, can I can – I, I mean, can he play? Is he healthy enough to yeah, play? Yeah, but it's a back. Yeah, well, I'm only doing it for the rest of the season. I'm taking check, Leonard. Same. Same. Yeah. I'm also interested in the whole. I mean, Gus Bradley, Dan Quinn, they work together. Um, I would think that mm-hmm. if for nothing else, Dan's going to have some good knowledge of how where that to use him and where he's at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With with the way that things have gone in this organization, John mentioned it earlier of of certain organizations are run certain ways. With the way that things have gone, if Dallas does not sign him, and he signs with Philly. Isaiah, what would your reaction be? 
I wouldn't. I would not appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I think that would be a problem for Dallas and anybody else. I mean, Philadelphia's already really freaking good. Everybody knows that. There's no question about it. You don't have to like them, but you better respect them. They have historically, when I say historically, you go back the last five years, their front office has done a heck of a job of adding to their roster. Just a magnificent job of finding ways to add talent to their roster. If Dallas doesn't sign Leonard today, it's almost unless it's health related. If it's that's the thing, we won't know. We won't know. We won't know, right? But until the reports start surfacing, maybe down the road. But Philly would grab him up in a heartbeat, and that would be a problem because those guys already have a a monstrous front seven. And we've already seen Philly take a chance on guys with health. I mean, Nicobe Dean was uh, he was the 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 rock of the draft that continued to fall because of his health problems at the linebacker position, and 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 they took a chance on him. And it's okay taking veterans at this point in time because. Now their contracts aren't guaranteed. They're mm-hmm. signing them after the first game of the season, so you're, unless you're giving them a new contract or giving them a bunch of guaranteed money up front, it's very low risk for you at this point in time. Yeah. So most organizations will take a they'll take a flyer on it and say, hey, a couple weeks into it, oh, it didn't work out. All right, see you later, right? And they're out of it for whatever it is it cost them for those couple weeks of that rental. But right now, I can see teams jumping all over this, and hopefully Dallas, if everything checks out, hopefully they're the team that does it. Okay, from what you said, I would withhold judgment if that's what happened if he left here and went to philly okay i understand like believe me i'm totally on board with the eagles have been doing like i think that they've been outstanding i'm surprised that they're a two and a half three point dog to the to the niners this week at home are they really yeah i think that they're rolling i think they're in a good shape Mm -hmm. the only more surprising spread this week is clearly that the oregon nine and a half over washington is crazy (laughs) Um, i didn't see that it blows my mind that is pretty wild um, but you do need to withhold judgment because Let's not sit there and say that they let him leave and then he goes to Philly. Everybody will lose their mind because this, these are the two biggest talking fan base, especially when yep. it comes to social media. And that. But if he gets to Philly and doesn't really have much of an impact, that, that'll go to the wayside. People will forget about how it was down. But, I mean, initially it'll look bad because it just seems like the Eagles are getting it. But I would want to see what he can do with the Eagles before I would go, oh, the Cowboys messed up oh, on this one, up. you know. I mean, that's yeah. the reason he's here today to look at, you know, whether it's medical, whatever it is in the background. I mean, you would, you have to withhold judgment. I know nobody will, but I'm saying that, like, that is – there could be more to it. That's always my thing with the draft process. You know, mm-hmm. everybody wants to put together a list of their top players and stuff like that, and 99.9% of people that are doing that don't know the medical, don't know off the field, don't, do all, don't know all the stuff that these organizations spend millions of dollars on to look into these prospects and all it would take to a lot of people that put lists together is just one little thing where you're just like yeah no that that knee's not going to make it uh past one season you're just like oh yeah yeah no no he's not on, he's not on my first round board anymore it's like yeah but you're not going to know that when you can just watch your college tape you Darnell know Washington. yeah there's like little <laughs> yeah. things like that or players where they're just like this guy is a locker room cancer he will ruin everything and you're mm-hmm. just like yeah that guy's really talented and you're just like Go ahead, draft him, see what happens. Nobody then, went to his birthday party. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if you know anything about the draft, you watch draft day. Yeah. Um, I, I think the expectation in the building today has to be if he does, if he walks out of here without a contract, that he's going to sign with Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might not happen, but that has to be the expectation. And you is. have to be comfortable with that yep. based on the knowledge that you're able to acquire today. That's kind of the double-sided thing that you have to take into account whenever you're writing all, all the notes is, okay, do we want to sign him? If the answer is no, are we comfortable with him signing with Philly? And does that force you to sign him? That's a question. That's that's what I was about to ask. Is is there a little bit of gamesmanship from Philadelphia here saying? No question. Mm, yeah, you know no what? No question. Just by the way, if you don't want to sign with Dallas, 
We're here for you. That's probably what happened. Come on in. Not even we're here for you. We'll be your leverage. (laughs) Exactly. We really don't even want you. But but, if you want to tell them that we're out here, if that helps you, we're just fine with that. There is a financial part to this as well. This is is, is a competitive free agency, which is rare to see in the middle of a season like this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's an off-season type of free agency. So... Um, whenever he got released, whenever he got released last week, I, I first thing I said was, I I think this is going to be really difficult for Dallas to just slam on, if that makes sense, like Mm -hmm. slam the door on. And I I still kind of feel that way, even though there is a little bit more confidence in him coming in today and him not having anything scheduled past today. I know the Eagles are trying to get something scheduled, but it's not official. There's only a little bit of confidence I still have in that. Um, but I, I think I still think it's going to be competitive at the end of the day. I think he's going to have more than one offer on the table. You think Dallas has the the finances to sign him? Yes, this season. Yes, the future. That's where things get murky. But I think you worry about yeah. that down the road. I don't think he signs one year. You think it'd be a two year deal? I mean, at least. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to get to free agency? Say that again. Why wouldn't you want to get to free agency if he comes in and plays well? Yeah, play well for one year and get to free agency next year. I don't think that's something that he wants to do. I don't think he would want to risk that. Hmm. With uh, with what he's coming off yes. of health wise, yeah. yeah, it makes sense. But and and you also wonder from his perspective why we see OK being released from Indianapolis because it looked like a mutual split. Like it didn't look like he was yeah. you know disgruntled, yeah. middle fingering out the door. You know it was yeah, he was at their game on Sunday in the suite. I mean, <laughs> you know they don't give a guy a suite if he was middle fingering out the door. They <laughs> also <laughs> decided basically to take twenty eight million dollars worth of dead cap over the next two years yeah. in order to get it done. So I mean that's a lot of money to say <laughs> hey. You go, go play somewhere else. Go. Because uh, it was a five-year, $98.5 million Yay! contract. That was the original contract. Now, of course, not all of that is there anymore. I think there's just remaining $28 million on top of that. I need like a South Park skit of him and Jimbo Fisher just <laughs> swimming Chilling in their cats right now. Or Frank Reich. What's his name, Frank? Yeah, Frank, Frank yeah. Reich, yeah. Jeez. Josh McCown. Getting paid by two teams. Yes, yeah. he is. All right, but there's your Shaq Leonard update. Of course, we'll have more if something happens throughout the day today whenever we come back tomorrow. When we come back, though, we're going to take a look at the defensive preview going up against Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks offense. They've got some weapons on that offensive side of the football. They're also missing some weapons on the offensive side. When we come back with more Talking Cowboys right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. 
That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a shoulder to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Talking Cowboys. Welcome back to Talking Cowboys. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Glad you're with us. Here on this Tuesday, send us a text message. Uh, I don't know where the media guide went. It might be in the little cubby cubby thing over here. That's okay. I'll find it in a minute. But if you have the text message number, I don't have it memorized. So there you go. It should be scrolling on the bottom Is of, it? of the show right now. Yeah, yeah it that's, should be. that's it. There you go. So it'll be down there at the bottom of the show, down on the, the text line. I only know that because I watched the show yesterday. And it was, it was Did a, you? Yeah, it was an interesting perspective watching it from from home did we do an okay job yeah y'all did a fantastic job i was like wow they really don't need me it's kind of bad uh well we'll let you start things off then whenever you look at this seattle seahawks offense geno smith not having the year that he did last year but still winning games and he still has weapons to throw the football to tyler lockett jackson smith and jigba and then uh of course dk metcalf who's having a phenomenal year uh which one of those weapons scares you the most, especially now that Kenneth Walker's not in the fold, Zach Charbonnet's the running back? Uh, which one of these weapons from Seattle concerns you the most? When you take into account what uh, this Dallas defense does well in the secondary, what they've done well guarding so far this season, uh, my answer would have to be Tyler Lockett just because of his his uh, speed and his ability to play inside, play outside. He's going to face different matchups throughout the game. Um, he's he's a problem for, for opposing defenses, and I think that's going to be the case for Dallas as well. Uh, I, I think what could really help Dallas this week, and it's starting to trend that way, is the fact that Kenneth Walker might not play. Uh, he didn't play last week. Um, I, I believe it's an oblique injury that he's he's battling right now. Um, and if he doesn't go again this week, then it's Zach Charbonnet, the rookie out of UCLA. Yeah. If uh, you remember around draft time, that was a hot name for uh, Cowboys Nation as far as a running back that maybe they wanted to draft early on excuse me um 
but Tyler Lockett, that's that's definitely the, the the weapon that concerns me the most. But and looking at DK Metcalf, obviously it's the size, it's the physicality off the line. His releases are some of the best in the NFL. And then Jackson Smith and Jigba, it's kind of a similar. It's almost like a package of of what DK does with his physicality and what Tyler Lockett can do with his separation. You find like the middle ground with both of those things, and you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, the Rockwall native, coming back to Dallas for his first game in the DFW. So I'm uh, really looking forward to that. The last time that he played in AT and T Stadium. He had six touchdowns versus Allen and won sixty to fifty nine in a playoff game. So, hmm. um, you know, he's he's looking to run that back for sure. Not okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> not okay with that. By the way, Tyler Lockett in four career games against the Dallas Cowboys, four and zero. He's been targeted twenty five times. He has seventeen receptions for two hundred and twenty yards and four touchdowns. Now, I think most of that came in twenty twenty, whenever he kind of went off up in Seattle against the Cowboys. At home, Isaiah, how much does this change things, the fact that the defense gets to kind of play off of the crowd a little bit, gets to play at home in front of the AT&T Stadium crowd, which all of a sudden is a home field advantage? I think it's huge because we know that this defense of the Dallas Cowboys is momentum-based, and they are their high-energy group. And if the fans are into it, if they can feel that energy, then these boys should simply just go off. And the offensive line for Seattle sucks. It has sucked for some years now. Um, they had just stopped investing Stay into with your it. Chest. Yeah, you know, I mean, just that's one of fresh. As a fan of Seattle sports, it's been frustrating to watch them not make that a priority um, <clears throat> since the time that they went back to back to the Super Bowl. They just have not invested money there, and they're paying a price for it. You know, obviously, Geno had a great year last year. This year, you know, they made some changes, and those changes are starting to, to drastically affect him. Um, they got rid of Dave Canellas or Dave Canellas went down to go be an offensive coordinator down there for the Tampa Bay. He was actually there when I was in Seattle. He was really, really good coach, really dedicated, really on top of his game, always uh, excited, always coaching you up. Uh, now they have Greg Olson, who I had when I was in Jacksonville. No disrespect, he's not Dave Canellas. So in terms of the development of Geno Smith, you see the drop off of his game. Um, you know, over over that time over that time span, and now Geno is getting under pressure from this offensive line. I think he's getting pressured by more than forty percent of his dropbacks. So he's just throwing it up in the air. He's inaccurate right now. Um, so yes, they have the weapons to go out there and make you pay if he has time. But the thing is, he's not going to have time against the Dallas Cowboys defensive line. And being at home just gives you that much more of an advantage because once you get one, then usually you get two, three, four, five, and the sacks just start rolling um, in an AT&T stadium. Yeah, I feel like to beat this Cowboys team, offensively you have to run the ball well. And not having Kenneth Walker would be a big blow there. I did like Zach Charbonnet coming out of the draft. I thought that he would yeah. maybe be a good compliment with Tony Pollard. Um, but he's not the same you know, big-time player that, that Kenneth Walker is. I'd say when I look at that Seattle offense, one of the things that kind of surprised me, maybe it shouldn't, is that uh, so, like, on paper, if I'm just, like, picking guys, like we're redrafting teams or something, DK Metcalf is the one that jumps off, you know, the tape to you. 80 targets, only 43 catches. Mm -hmm. that, that was just, to me, like, I thought his numbers would be a little bit, but that probably goes to what you're saying so about the Geno. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm looking at their offensive line, and you're talking about, how they they haven't invested up front it looks like they've tried to invest it just hasn't worked out to their favor they they spent a first round pick an early first round pick <clears throat> on charles cross he's their left tackle he's probably about as is walter jones still there good uh, no uh the if he is he's hurt 
Is no, he? I'm joking. No, I thought Walter I was about to Jones say. Is old school. Yeah, old school. He's old school. Yeah, um, Charles Cross, left tackle. Damian Lewis, third round pick. Undrafted free agent Evan Brown. Uh, Phil Haynes, Stone Forsythe. I mean, Jason Peters could be their starting right tackle. No, he will. We know Jason Peters yeah, he will be. from last year. He'll probably be their, he their starting right how, tackle. How do you think that'll, that'll go? That's not going to go well. It's not going to go well. <laughs> But yeah, it was it, funny hearing Micah talk about that, that yesterday. Was, yeah. um, he was asked, I think, right off the top, like, "Are you excited to go against uh, Jason?" And he was like, uh, "Yeah, like those battles that we had in practice last year. It's gonna be fun to run those back." And kind of called him an old man, and it was it was hilarious. <laughs> now, I remember him saying that last year when he was on the team, just kind of being surprised that someone would still be playing yeah. like in the forties, just making it very clear that he had no intention <laughs> to be playing that long. That's I don't blame them. Me uh, neither. Yeah. yeah, and they—I mean—they've got a ton of guys that are just been added this year with these rookies that are all backups. They're all of their backups are rookies. Raekwon O'Neal, McClendon Curtis, Oluwolumi Timmy, uh, Anthony Bradford from LSU. They are just young. They focused a lot, and recently, they, as of the, the last few drafts, they focused most of their attention on defense. Yeah. That's where they added their pieces. They were like, okay, you know, they had Russell Wilson and they were doing well offensively. So they're like, okay, well, we're good on this side. Let's go ahead and go to the defense side and sure that up since the Legion of Boom fell apart. So they started putting all their draft picks into the defense. And now that's starting to come to fruition. So now they're like, oh, crap, let's go back to offense. Let's, yeah. let's add, you know, add Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And their, their, their personnel in terms of uh, receivers and running backs and tight ends, I mean, they're solid. Solid. You slip on any of those guys, they're going to route you up you know, at, at the receiver position. Any three of those guys, you don't want to face any of them one on one. And then you know they got, <clears throat> they picked up Noah Fan in that trade. Yeah. Um, so he's a big, big body tight end that can you know sure handed. He's not going to make no huge plays on you, but he's a possession guy. Um, running back committee solid. It's just that offensive line is just is suspect, and that's the unfortunate for them because Dallas's defensive line is the best part of their team, and they're going to apply a bunch of pressure. And Geno's going to continue to see that pressure and his decision making. Hasn't been great. Uh, it hasn't been. He only has inter- eight interceptions, but he should have substantially more than that. Just the way the ball bounced, um, even when it's not an interception, it's way offline. Yeah. And you, and it's for the first time, I'm seeing Tyler Lockett with bad body language. That's mm. how frustrating it is offensively over there in Seattle right now, because everybody knows Tyler Lockett is the. He is the, the the professional. He's the guy that shows up, does yeah. his work, gets about the building. You know, doesn't say anything. And negative, and you can see his frustration starting to show in his body language. DK Metcalf, same thing. He's frustrated because he's not getting the rock. I mentioned it yesterday. <clears throat> Both of these guys together barely have as many yards as CD Lamb has by himself, and that's absolutely insane for two Pro Bowl receivers. Yeah. Yeah, the production is very weird when you look at all three of those guys. Um, uh, the thing that stands out to me the most as I was watching film yesterday while I was blowing my nose out um, was. The pass rush, as you said. And I, I feel more confident in the Cowboys' chances mm-hmm. in this game the more that I watch, yep. just because I don't feel like this offense is going to have time. And this is an offense that is going to need time, especially if they don't have Kenneth Walker. So yeah. the more that I watch, uh, the more confident that I feel, not only that Dallas wins this game, but that it's comfortable. So, so they run the West Coast offense. That's what they run. Okay, Very much like what Dallas is doing here. The thing that everybody should know by now is the West Coast offense is predicated on timing. Right? You hear Coach McCarthy going all the way back to training camp in terms of talking about Dak's footwork and how important the footwork is with the timing of the routes and getting the ball out. And their timing is shot to crap in Seattle right now. Because of the rush, Geno's holding on to it. He's getting pressure and he's just releasing it. They're, 
their spacing on their route concepts are absolute trash right now. So if you watch as you watch the film, watch how many guys bump into each other. Guys are getting bumped into each other's routes. And guys are supposed to be clear out routes are getting jammed up. And if you get your hands on these guys at any point in time during a route in those five yards, you're probably going to be pushing a guy into another concept that he's not supposed to be in that space. So it just looks bad. It looks very unprofessional, and it's it's almost it's, it's disgusting to to watch as a fan again because they have so much potential when you look at their personnel. When you look at these guys on paper, if you're playing Madden, you're like, oh, I'm stacked, right? But they, you take that one element in the offensive line, if you can't block it up, if you can't get the timing, if you can't have a, a, an accurate throw, it's night and day. Geno lit up this, lit up everything last year. This year, total different, totally different story. Which yeah. is really unfortunate when you look at a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba because he's so – He's so dynamic in the short game. He's not a downfield guy. He, he's he's a guy that's going to take a quick slant and take it 40 yards after the catch before he, he's brought down because he'll do the little zigzag thing. Yep. Um, it is so unfortunate because that's what this offense is kind of built for. It's for a weapon like that, but they can't get that timing down. Yep. You hear Mike McCarthy and, and some of us in the media talk about that 2.3-second threshold all the time, and that's, that's the timing that they're looking for. They're looking to get the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands in under 2.3 seconds, and if it's not, then he's rolling out and improvising um, – um, uh, after the play, and that's what we've seen more since yep. San Francisco, actually. But uh, that's that's besides the point. But that's that's the bread and butter of a West Coast offense like that. When you talk about this team and having watched them over the years, is this the most frustrated you think that, let's say, <clears throat> Seahawks fans are or just how they've played? Is it the most frustrating? Just because I think from afar, two things you think about with the Seahawks. One, that Pete Carroll is their coach. And he doesn't look like he's a day over 50. And he's the <laughs> oldest coach in the NFL at 72. It's crazy yep, to think that's that. That's insane. But you just assume, at the very least, this is going to be a really tough team. Like, I can just go off of, like, predictions off the last few weeks where you're just like, oh, the Cowboys are playing at home. They're going to roll this team. They're going to roll this team. I look at the Seahawks, and I'm, and I'm just like, uh, you know, these Pete Carroll coach teams, they're not going to just, like, roll over. Like, this is going to be this is going to be a, still a dogfight, you know? H- how would you compare them right now to how he's bound? Yeah. I mean, heck, they made playoffs, what was it, eight? Eight out of nine years. No, for sure. So again, John Schneider is a is a beast of a GM. Mm-hmm. He's just he's that dude. Okay, he he knows how to find value out of lower draft picks. He knows how to move back, move around in a draft, and all that kind of stuff to find that value. So even though they're not spending high picks and positions that they need to, you know, he thinks he's doing a relatively good job at acquiring talent, and I think he is. But it's these guys are stacked. Oh, their roster is stacked offensively and defensively, right? And they, they did a good job of adding Leonard Williams defensively, which we'll talk about tomorrow. So when you look at their personnel, this is a good freaking team, but the execution isn't there. So when you start talking about the frustration, yeah, it's very apparent, and it's probably higher than it's been ever since Russell Wilson's last, last year. So it's on the coaching. You're blaming it on Pete. It's his <laughs> time is up. Is that what you're saying? That's what I heard. <laughs> Pete ain't going nowhere. Pete ain't going nowhere. Um, <laughs> he's going to be coaching until he's 90. But, but to that point, yeah, he is. Yeah. To that point, this is a team that you have to jump on early. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you do allow these guys to get some momentum and get some confidence, they'll remember who they are. And I say that often, but like you can't allow really good players to remember how good they are. Yeah. But you can keep them down. Right, and I tell you, guys will turn on the e brake. They'll put in their first or second gear and just coast it out when things aren't going well. And nobody wants to hear that, but that's the reality, right? You're not going to go out there and give your hundred thousand percent of everything I have. And they're, they're still not, in a playoff hunt. They too. are still, they're in a playoff still hunt, but they've had a rough couple weeks, that. right? They've had a rough couple yeah. weeks over the last few weeks and, and a tough schedule coming up. So if Dallas comes out and busts them in the mouth, I promise you they'll shut it down. 
I like I guarantee you they will shut it down because even though you have amazing personnel, stacked roster, guys are frustrated. And it's just like, yo, man, forget this. But if you let them stay in the game and all of a sudden DK Metcalf has a, gets a big play or you know Tyler Lockett, he's back here. He lives here, by the way, so he'll have all his family here, right? Get, gets a big play and then all of a sudden they get some momentum and they start looking at each other like, yeah, let's do this. Now you got a problem on your hands because Dallas plays a lot of man-to-man coverage and now you're going to have them, you're going to be trying to match up. You don't have the personnel to match up man-to-man against, against their receivers when they're confident. You just don't. Okay, I don't, Deron Bland's playing really, really good, right? Stephon Gilmore's really, really good, but you don't have J. Lou can't match up man-to-man against Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? If you have D.K. Metcalf going against Stephon Gilmore right now in this part of his career, I'm taking D.K. So personnel-wise, I think they're better when you play man-to-man, but you can't allow for them to get that confidence. If you can keep them submerged, you can keep pressure on Geno, and you can make those guys get some stops, they'll shut it down. But if they get that swag back, then you're, then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I'm just, that's, that's just the reality. I, I'm, more, I'm more scared of the defense having confidence than the offensive weapons, personally. I, I, I think we'll talk about the defense yeah. tomorrow or next segment. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. And we'll talk about the defense more tomorrow, but I, I, I worry about that pass rush or that secondary getting mm-hmm. more confidence. That's what's going to keep the Seahawks in the game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's, there's a lot of truth in that. Like, we've seen what DK Metcalf can do when he takes over a game. It just feels like it's once in a blue moon. That's That's – that's what it is for me, and it doesn't feel like that with the defense. It's felt like it's happened like every other game. Yes, yeah, yeah, defense. Yeah. Their defense is absolutely more consistent. Yeah, but in terms of lighting a fire on this team, you can't let that dude either one of those. Yeah, you can't I let agree. Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf get their swag back. Yeah, you no. just can't. You got those right now. They're swagless. Yeah. Okay. Keep them swagless because if they get their swag, they're gonna look at each other and be like, "All right, yeah, let's do this." Yeah, right. And then Geno's gonna remember who he was last year. You can't let him remind. He balled out last year. Yeah. Freaking. It's, it's so funny that he says that because it just makes me think of Dak talking about yesterday about how, even though like you know people say they're playing these lesser teams, like he's like, "Trust me, we get everyone's best shot." You know, it's a Thursday night game. You're playing Dallas Cowboys and things like that. Like. A lot of what you're saying makes sense, too, that mm-hmm. how you could see them. You just get a little bit of a spark, and all yep. of a sudden it's like, you know, you're the only game that's on. Everybody's watching. Mm-hmm. You're yep. playing the Dallas Cowboys in their building, you know. Because you're not – because the thing is, like, you're not saying – I know we got to go – we got to get out of here. But yeah. You're, you're not asking guys to play outside of themselves. You're talking about really good freaking players that just are in a rut right now, and they're frustrated, and they're sure. down, and things aren't going their way. But if you – if that aspect is eliminated and they make some plays, then you're dealing with a whole different monster, right? Now you're going to start getting the Pro Bowl versions of these guys, which was last year. You're getting Pro Bowl. These are Pro Bowl players that you're getting, that you're going to be playing against, right? And they're solid. Just, on both sides of the ball, On both too. sides of the ball. So just keep these guys submerged. Go out there, stop them early on, and then send these cats home. They've won some big games this year. They're one of the few teams that have beaten Detroit. They're one of the few teams that have beaten Cleveland. Uh, sure, they've lost some some stinkers at the same time. They've lost to the Rams. Home, right? What was that? Both of those games were at home, right? Uh, no, that man, no they, at Detroit. Yeah, that Detroit game. Was the it? way they went in there, they beat them in their building. Detroit yeah. was riding high coming off that Kansas yeah. City yes, window for the season. That was their home opener. They were putting out this Barry Sanders statue. That's right. They punched him in the right. mouth, yeah. Yeah, 37-31 was that final score. Yep. So, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to, to be desired from a Seattle side. Mm. Dallas can't allow them to, no. to reach that. Uh, and reach that potential and, and shut them down early. I think this defense is good enough to, to, to do Correct. just that. All right, when we come back, it's smelly sticker time. We're going to give our players of the game from the 45-10 to 10 win over Washington on Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll give our players of the game and get you ready for tomorrow. Say it with your chest Wednesday right after this. 
They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites in a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Our boy Maurice in Tacoma, Washington, wanted to give a shout out to Isaiah. He said, Just want to say, bring back the Sonics. <laughs> My boy Isaiah looking good in that green and gold. They're coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Yep, next year. He said he'll be in town for the game this uh, Thursday. He mm-hmm. asked where we're going to be at. Where are we going to be at? Isaiah? I'm not sure, because it's supposed to be thunderstorming. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. I we'll was, be inside. I was going to ask you. Okay, we're inside yeah. then. Y'all gonna All right. <laughs> yeah, we're at the stadium. Let's go. Let's go. I love when y'all are in the press box. I honestly do. That's a, that's go. Good time. It's a good time. This time, I'll try not to lose a bet. Yeah, that was what happened the last time. Barry doesn't get in trouble again. Mm. Well, he he's not staying. It's a night game. Oh, true that. Yeah. Like so kicked he's, out, he's in trouble, out or just a scolding? He got a scolding. That's yeah, all yeah. it was. All right. It's time for smelly stickers here from uh, the 45-10 to 10 win over Georgia. It, there was one fall oh, off. I'm just off. OCD. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> the 45-10 uh, to 10 win against Washington. It feels like forever ago, but, of course, we didn't have any shows on Friday. Um, we had the two-man show yesterday. We wanted to wait for Nick and John to, to get it done today. But we're finally giving our players of the game. We'll let, uh, we'll let Nick Harris go first. 
Oh, okay. Well, well, uh, well we can let John go first. Let's, but we let's were talking, let John, we were let John talking go in the first. break, and he had a good idea, so it was fine. Either one. <laughs> we're gonna let we're gonna let John. We'll go let go. Okay, we'll let yeah. John go first. You threw never, me off on the order. I'm Sorry. never I'm never good at the putting the sticker with how the performance was. I just I don't know, man. Like I've gone with this one before. I like this donut sticker. It doesn't really fit the player, but it's got to be for me. It's Duran Bland, just because of the fact that the interceptions are crazy. Don't get me wrong, and uh, he deserves a ton of credit for that. I can't find anything that fits bland. Like, these are all pretty tasty things here. So Anyway, um, I just – it's it's not just the interceptions. It's once he gets the ball in his hand. And, I, and, and he's probably got a lot of confidence because of having, you know, five pick sixes. But there were multiple times in that return where I was like, oh, he's going to get tackled. And he just made another move and made another move. It just like – it just seems like everything's lining up for him. And it's just wild to think about how you literally had this two years ago with how crazy of a tear you know Trayvon Diggs was was on, and then to have a fifth round pick, step up, get moved to the outside corner spot, and just and play like this. So I want to ask you guys one question about Bland though, because I've just been thinking about this lately. Um, do you guys think that he would have this many pick sixes if he was still playing on the inside, or do you think the move to the outside has put him in a better position to have? I'm not just saying the interceptor, but to be able to return him for touchdowns. More opportunities, I think, allows on the outside, so I would say yes. That, um, or I would say no, he wouldn't have as many on the yeah. inside, but I still think he would find his just because he is that ball hawk. He has a knack for the ball. Uh, I'd hate to put a number on it, but two or yeah. three rather yeah. than five, I guess, you know. I think it's just better positioning, more space once he does make the interception because they are out on an island to a certain extent. And it, it's incredible how people are trying to discount what Duran is doing. Are they? Yeah, nationally, no doubt. How? Well, it, most of them are probably. Because he's not a, he's not a big name. No, yeah. I mean, like, how yeah. are they trying to discount they're saying They're saying that it was against quarterbacks that aren't very good, like Bryce Young and Sam Howell. Why does anybody else do it? Correct. No one in the history of <laughs> yeah. the NFL has ever yeah. done this. Stupid. No, I mean, because I— It's super dumb. Because I get the two arguments. I get the argument. Like, you absolutely can be critical— of saying, hey, let's just wait on this Cowboys team. Look at who they've played. None of these teams have winning records. I get Completely that. Completely validate that. When you're doing something that's breaking history, yeah. why isn't somebody else doing this? Thing? Facts. It's all because of that. No so. doubt. Facts. <laughs> all right, Isaiah. What do you got here? What kind of sticker is this? This is a mango on a sunny day. And there's a big mango an and there's a small mango. And uh, there's an umbrella being held by the larger mango. You guys know who these two who, the, who these two mangos are? Who are they? <laughs> Dak and McCarthy. That's right. Oh, that's that's good. Good. That was good. That was good. And Dak is under the protection of Coach McCarthy. Okay, there you <laughs> go. And these two are are two peas in a pot. <laughs> they are doing one heck of a job. I wasn't expecting this. Two you mangoes in an umbrella. Two mangoes <laughs> underneath one umbrella. They're on one accord, and these dudes are doing the doggone thing. Coach McCarthy, Dakota Prescott. That's a good one. That, you did that well. Oh, God. Nicely done. Thank you. That's funny. Nicely done. That's funny. Are we just adding to the, the middle? Yeah, it looks today? like it. Let's yeah. just go down we'll the go straight. straight. Down the <laughs> We're starting to run out of room, which is a, a good problem to have. Uh, all right, I've got a strawberry here. Uh, it looks like an angry strawberry. Oh, it's serious. It, it is. It's serious. <laughs> we it's, had that last week. Did they? Yeah, oh, right, yeah. It's right, right the there in the front. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Well, I'm going to go with it again. It's serious business for this strawberry. It's been serious business for this offensive line the last couple of weeks. They've uh, they've continued to block for Dak Prescott nearly 200 snaps without being sacked. So I'm going to give this to the entire offensive line. They've done a great job hey. of protecting Dak Prescott. Maybe a little angry. 
from uh, some of the early critiques that they had. Well, they've lived up to the expectation recently. You know what we need to start doing? What's that? We need to start like getting a fine fine point pen and start writing on there like what who it who it was i, used well, I to was do really it. wondering that about that one on the back I don't that, remember this, who that looks like an entire offensive line this back one there. was kyle that was me yeah okay because he had like a eye appointment or something that's what it was and i had the, sun, oh, I had the sunglasses oh. and somebody came in on the text line and was like kyle needs a smelly sticker so <laughs> that one on the back you deserve that that's the only one i've ever gotten i can't get one for hot sauce but he can get one you for did get one for hot sauce yeah i think you i think this was you yeah was that me i think so okay well shoot i'll take it then here I am trying to get two. Uh, speaking of um, uh, guys who would not typically get smelly stickers, mm. uh, I, I'm going to go a little bit off off page a little bit. Are off there other kilter. guys? Yeah, of course. Are there guys that probably you know deserved it more? Maybe so. Micah Parsons has a lot of stickers on here. You know, <laughs> Jack gonna, Leonard. He's going to get more throughout the year, and who knows? Shaq Next Leonard week. might get one or two. Um, but uh, this uh, this this peach, and it's like a ripe peach. It's a golden peach, mm. and uh, you know what's golden? Lightning. Lightning in a bottle. Mm. And uh, it's a very happy, jolly lightning in a bottle. And the happiest and jolly person on this team is Kevontae Turpin. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't even see where the joke is. Y'all are so – I don't even see it. Like, that's how bad it is. Happy, uh, happy, jolly, Kevontae jolly. Turpin, we've seen him get integrated into this offense more and more as the uh, as the season has gone on. That seam route was absolutely beautiful on Thursday, and it allowed for the turkey leg moment. Yes. So, uh, Kevontae Turpin, this, uh, this smelly sticker is for you. And sure. shout, shout out to Turp, too, man, because you talk about somebody who came in and was an all-pro as a kick returner, yep. and that's pretty much the role that he was placed in last year. And the one comment that he had, obviously, coming into training camp was that he wanted to become a real receiver like in his, in his office. He wanted to become a dependable resource as a receiver. Like, I know I can return the ball, but I want to be a receiver, and that's exactly what he's doing right now. So shout out to him for setting a goal and actually, like, making making good with it. He is probably – I'm trying to think right now if there's anybody that tops him in the locker room in terms of if before you walk in the locker room, you tell somebody, you're like, you got to find somebody in there that's in a good mood. Yeah. And it's like – so the people I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of him, Tyler Smith. Yep. Dak is almost always positive. Yeah. Um, Jordan Jaylen, Lewis is usually in a pretty good mood. Jalen Tolbert. Jalen Brooks. Jalen Brooks. Duran, for sure. Duran. Israel Mukamu. Duran's terrified of us. That's the funny thing. Yeah, he is. But um, Turpin would be my probably my number one because yeah, he just always sure. seems like he's in a, in a really good mood. Yeah, this he, is a good locker life. room. It yeah, really no, it is. is. I, sure. I I think there's a lot of those guys that that kind of feed off of each other in the locker room. They do a really good job. So there are the smelly stickers from the 45 to 10 win. Hopefully, we'll uh, do this again on Friday. How about that? And hey, we do have a show on Friday this week. Yes, correct? we do. That's awesome. Yes, we do. I'm looking forward to this. I don't usually participate on Fridays. I'm, I know. I'm looking John's forward to back. this immediate post game reaction. Here. <laughs> Let's ride. That's going to be fun. All right. We've got immediate pregame uh, festivities on Thursdays, 6 yes. p.m. Central Time. Again, want to remind you if you're going to the stadium, we'll be out there. Isaiah, Barry Church, <laughs> Nate Newton, <laughs> Nicole Hutchison. <laughs> Maybe a little Nick Harris. Ooh, Nick Maybe. Let me know. Let me know. Where, where, at? where are we talking about? Where are you Usually we're in the AT&T East Plaza, That's so right. it's the opposite okay. of the Miller Lighthouse. Right by the opposite here. side. But if it's storming, where will y'all be? We would be on the field. Right, so it'd, be a little more, it'd be a little bit more confined. I'll definitely Does that put you by Skymere? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Skymere is like behind us yeah, yeah. directly. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone know the story behind Skymere? Like, is there a story behind it? Like, why it exists? I think it's a, just a art sculpture. Yeah, but it's there's a reason. There with, is like, a reason. I think, like, if you take, I don't know, something with, like, a picture or something like that. I don't know. Like, there is something about if you ever get in a group, like, take a picture with it, like, the way that it, 
like shows the sky like mm -hmm. in the background of the picture it is good for for taking photos in front i know a lot of fans do that when they're there i think that that's one of the reasons they put it there is because it's a good piece to kind of like you ever seen like that uh, bean that's in Chicago like yeah. that, you know. So I it's think the that same might artist. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Same artist. I knew did the Bean in Chicago. That's pretty cool. It is a good spot, like, especially with the uh, fountain being there. If you're yeah. going to take a group picture, or whatever. Have you so take a group picture. There? I haven't, but I think people should do that and then come see you guys. We should take a group picture from this. Yeah, let's here. all let's do, take a talking <laughs> cowboys group <laughs> picture. Good. I love that idea. <laughs> all right, we'll be back tomorrow 9 a.m. Central Time to break down a little QB vision and then give our picks for the game and then we'll do picks for the NFL the on Friday the rest of the NFL on Friday but we've got plenty more to talk about this week here on Talking Cowboys for Chris Beam in the back Isaiah Stanback John Machota Nick Harris I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco we'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club how about this Cowboys